One, two, is this on? <laughs> Yo, Jimmy, hit me with that triple H. Just in case you've forgotten. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the two-time wrestling radio show of the year. Wrestling News Live. The bad boys of wrestling radio, the Trey Dog. We will never use the words shit, f God, Jesus, fit, or any other racial or sexual slurs. And JJ Sexay. I did not. I repeat, I did not sleep with that young intern. As a matter of fact, I was up all night. Wrestling News Live. For the fans, by the fans. That's right, the franchise is back. Wrestling News Live. Demanding more respect starting now. Alright guys, good evening. Welcome to another edition of Wrestling News Live. Of course, I am Mr. Money on the Mic, JJ Sexay. How's everybody doing tonight after a, a very interesting Raw that we uh, were privileged to watch. I have to say that maybe I'll be disagreed with later on in the program, but I kind of like the fact that we're not seeing the Nexus just randomly go out and attack people, that they're actually beating people in the ring. Amazing what can happen after a few weeks. But ladies and gentlemen, joining me on the line, you know him, you love him. He is the host of Wrestling News Live. Welcome to the program, the one, the only... The trade on. Don't piss me off. They say I'm cocky, and I say what it ain't. Bragging motherfucker, rip it back it up. They say I'm cocky, and I say what it ain't. Bragging motherfucker, rip it back 
it up. Yeah, it's amazing what can happen when you make somebody fight to suffer. <laughs> it's good to see the Nexus actually have to get in the ring and do something for a change other than just walk around wearing matching T-shirts. So, JJ, how are you this evening, friend? I'm doing well. I'm doing very good, Trey. I am live and in living color at the Will Rogers Downs Casino. And uh, so you hear a little background noise. That That's what it could possibly be. So just bear with. Yeah, at any time, Trey could leave the show and uh, try to go, you know, play some craps, win something. I mean, you never know, Trey. I mean, you could literally be making some money tonight on the program live. Well, I'm, looking, I'm looking at the Red Hot Jackpots, and uh, the Red Hot Jackpot right here next to me is... $5,588.79 on the penny slot machine. Damn. So, yeah, any background noise you hear could be me at the casino or getting Skype and death drop. And probably either one is, is likely to happen. That or you can hear the swoosh of my money leaving my pocket and being sucked away forever because I never win in this casino. I'm not a big fan of the slot machine. Now, if it's a poker room, that's different. But slot machines, nah. Blackjack tables, so-so. That means I have to count, and I don't like doing that. But uh, I can hold my own in a poker room. Well, now, let me ask you. Are you in an Indian uh, a casino, or is it just a regular casino? No, it's a... Uh, Indian as in woo 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 woo, not Indian as in red dot between your eyes. Yes, yes. I'm sorry. Native American casino. How's yes, that? Yes, Native American. Yes. Let's be politically correct on this show. Let's get it right. I don't want to offend anybody out there. Yeah, well, that's my job. That's right. But yeah, it's a uh, Indian casino. It's interesting as they built this casino long, long after the racetrack was here. The racetrack was put in. Probably when I was about seven or eight years old, but due to um, the big casino in Oklahoma City not approving it, uh, Tulsa backed them up with their horse track, and Claremore, where I'm at, lost all their racing days. And so this thing set here like a ghost town for about 15, 20 years. And then all of a sudden, the casino came in, built on, and added the slot machines and took the place over and got so many racing days a year and now it's a full-fledged money stealer hmm very interesting uh i guess we we should kind of shift gears a little bit kind of cover what happened on monday night raw joining us on the skype line he is the official raw recapper right here for wrestling news live welcome to the program the one the only josh pedra is in the house josh what's going on hey guys how's it going tonight uh, it's going pretty good. I mean, how many times have you been dropped so far tonight? Just once. Let's hope so that's it. Head's, uh, the head's all right, unlike last week, where it was, it was throbbing for a while. Well, Josh, how, well, are, they, how are things? Definitely not the same raw that we saw last week, but not too shabby. Let's see what you guys have to say. Yeah, Josh, kick it off for us. What started Monday Night Raw tonight? John Cena started Monday Night Raw tonight. Big surprise. Uh, he comes out and talks about the Nexus and his team at SummerSlam. Uh, then this is followed up by Chris Jericho. He makes his way out. 
And kind of an interesting argument here between the two, where Jericho wants to assume control of the team, disagreeing that John Cena should not be the captain. Uh, Cena basically tells Jericho that it's not about him and it's not about himself either. It's about the WWE as a whole and to stop the Nexus from attacking. Jericho, of course, plays the heel role and still inflates his own ego. And we get an interruption from the MacBook stating that there will be an elimination match at SummerSlam now between the Nexus and Cena's team instead of just a straight-up tag match. And the Nexus will be facing another team from Raw tonight in an elimination match as a preview for SummerSlam. This also leads to an announcement about Jericho and Cena teaming up tonight to work on their teamwork against mystery opponents of the GMs choosing who they later revealed to be The Miz and Sheamus. So that sets up the main event for tonight. And a pretty nice segment. Uh, Obviously, the theme of the show tonight is they're showing dissension between John Cena's team and how this could lead to an easy victory for the Nexus at SummerSlam. But, you know, we'll have to see. There's spoilers up for next week's Raw, but we won't get into that. But it does look like, from what I've read, uh, an interesting angle that they're setting up as of tonight. Well, you know, and, and I'm all for it. I'm all for what they started off with. I love the fact they're trying to play out the whole Raw's team is not cohesive. You know, all through the night we saw all kinds of, uh, you know, <laughs> arguments and, and mishaps happen between the, the, the members of Team Raw. So, you know, it's a classic formula. You always have this new group coming in and invading and when you get a group of guys that are, you know, with whatever company it is, whether it was WCW, whether it's the WWE now, they're, uh, you know, and, and it makes it easier, obviously, for the guys like the Nexus to come in and obviously possibly, might, you know, wipe the floor uh, with with the Raw guys. But uh, I, I don't think that's the way that's going to transpire. In fact, I think we're going to see a major heel turn at SummerSlam. It's quite possible. And it's funny you mentioned the Nexus wiping the floor with the Raw guys because, that kind of happened later on in the show. But uh, first, we do have our first match, Randy Orton against Jay Uso of the Uso Brothers. And this had squash written all over it. Of course, it kind of was. Randy Orton did hit the RKO and win the match. What happened after the match was a continuation of last week's storyline. As Jimmy Uso comes in and tries to attack Orton, Sheamus gets up, who was on commentary for the match, and goes for a cheap shot. But Orton moves out of the way, and Sheamus ends up hitting the big boot on Jimmy Uso, this, in turn, leads to Orton hitting an RKO on Sheamus. Miz goes to cash in the money in the bank again for the second week in a row. But Orton RKOs the Miz instead. And once again, we have a bell that never rang, therefore a non-official match. And the briefcase stays with the Miz. So I don't know what they're going for here. It seems it's going to be a uh, you know a cash-in and get screwed type of angle every single week. Um Hopefully this doesn't go on for too long because it's really going to take away from Mrs. Credibility after a while. You know, but the thing that I like about that, you know, he said it in his promo a couple weeks ago. You don't know when I'm going to cash it in. I could wait till Mania. I could uh, I could cash it in tomorrow night. You know, I like the build to that, but I'll be real honest. I would like to see at some point him get real brave, cash it in. The bell ring, the match start, and then somebody interfere in the match, and he gets screwed out of his title shot. I think that's what it's eventually going to lead to, um, because like you said, you like the unpredictability, but so far, granted it's only been two weeks, but they have been teasing the Miz, cashing it in every single night or every single opportunity, which kind of takes away from the mystique, but... 
yeah, I agree that I think this is going to be the first time the Money in the Bank holder actually loses uh, his match for the title after he cashes it in. And uh, to further the storyline a little more, after the commercial break, speaking of Miz and Sheamus, they were arguing when the Raw GM interrupts, and Cole actually gets the line of the night here because he, he says he received another manager from the Raw email. So a little bit of a goof up there from Cole, but we all got a laugh out of it, especially myself. And the GM did eventually get to the point that Sheamus and Miz would be facing Cena and Jericho tonight. So that did set up your main event. And um, it's kind of an interesting scenario. I mean, the main event had three heels and one face in it, and the crowd was all over the place for it. I mean, going back and forth, cheering heels, booing faces. It was kind of an odd main event that they set up with this uh, this segment. You know what? I, I agree with you. Uh, I, I found it hilarious that Michael Cole botched his lines, but... You know, being somebody who's performed in front of live crowds, sometimes, you know, that live crowd, you, you go out there, you mean to say one thing, and it doesn't come out the right way. So you got to give Michael Cole credit for uh, for rebounding and doing a good job. But uh, funny as hell to watch him screw that up. Well, at least it wasn't the ending to the WrestleMania. We had a backstage segment uh, of evolving, or involving, rather, Edge and uh, Kali, speaking of screwing up lines. Um, Kali will take on Edge in the next match, and if he loses, he's going to be off John Cena's team. And this ended up in a known test because the Nexus is in Texas, ladies and gentlemen, and they came out to interrupt the match, sending Edge through the crowd. And interesting scenario here where they corner Kali in the ring, but they kind of let him go, so we don't get a beatdown this week, um, at least in this match. Uh, but afterwards, it sets up the elimination match, which was after the commercial break. But like you said at the beginning of the program, it was kind of refreshing to see the Nexus not jump someone at least this early in the program and actually get in the match and wrestle. And that leads into the actual match itself when we came back from commercial break. Uh, they put together kind of a weird team here it's like anyone who didn't have anything going on or hasn't been on television for a while was put onto this raw team we had mark henry we had gold dust yoshi tatsu the heart dynasty jerry lawler of all people and evan Bourne. and this came off as a clean sweep for the nexus and to give you an update or like an elimination here uh the elimination order it was yoshi tatsu first via michael tarver then Jerry Lawler was eliminated by Heath Slater during a commercial break. D.H. Smith was then eliminated by Heath Slater, so he got two in this match. Goldust was eliminated by David Otunga. Mark Henry was eliminated by uh, Skip Sheffield via Black Cena, known as Darren Young. And Evan Bourne was destroyed by Wade Barrett. So this is where they did that different angle with the Nexus, where they're actually in the ring wrestling. And you're right, it was refreshing to see them, even though it was a complete squash. Well, you know, again, I thought it really helped out the the characters quite a bit. Uh, I mean, when I saw the team they were facing, I thought, okay, yeah, this is going to be an easy victory for the Nexus. The only thing I'm more shocked about is that D.H. Smith wasn't the first one eliminated. Yeah, uh, well, Yoshitatsu was the first one eliminated, and if you think about it, with his amount of TV time that he's had, it didn't really surprise me there, but... I would have thought D.H. Smith would have gone out second uh, versus Jerry Lawler, being the fact that Lawler is a Hall of Famer and can still go. Uh, you would have at least thought he would have been in the match a little bit longer, but nope, D.H. Smith was third. Yoshitatsu was your first one eliminated. So 
who knows and, and that's thinking back there and that's another thing why is jerry the king lawler the commentator the color guy for monday night raw in a match and he's not even in memphis what the hell people i know and, I, they, uh, I guess they ran up they ran out of jobbers in the back i guess so and according to uh, Jerry Lawler, anyway, you know who's from San Antonio, Texas, and Michael Cole said, I don't know. Yeah, okay. So I guess- uh, you know, before we go any further, yeah, I, I don't know if Trey heard this or not. We'll, we'll discuss this after the Raw recap. But, Trey, in case you haven't heard, uh, Vince McMahon has put a ban on anything Shawn Michaels related. He doesn't want Shawn Michaels promos on TV. Apparently something has happened to where he is on bad terms with Vince uh, apparently, he doesn't want to come back to uh, to wrestling. He's done with the with the business, and so Vince is kind of blackballing him, from what I understand. But he is on the outs with the company right now. For what reason, I do not know. But well, we can talk about that, you know, more in terms after the Raw review. I just want to let you know if you hadn't heard that. Yeah, I uh, I read some of that yesterday, and I also saw where uh, Sean is. Wife filmed a couple of episodes for a hunting and fishing show that my dad likes to watch, so I'm going to try to catch those. But um, I said a long time ago that when Sean retired especially, I thought, now this is a guy who's going to walk away, go home and play daddy, and then get the hitch to return. And I said, I don't want to see him come back as a wrestler if all he's going to do is job to people. But now in a role where you're the raw general manager, that would suit him. If you're not down with that, I got two words for you. Oh, really? Because so, when oh, I that was real interesting. No, when I heard that, I I was thinking, you know, maybe it was Billy Gunn, you know, maybe it was China, could have been X Pac, uh, you know, it could have been a lot of people that were in the uh, in DX back in the day. I mean, not just Shawn Michaels. I guess the fact that it was. He was in San Antonio, maybe, perhaps, but uh, I don't know if they would have said something well, I else. Mean, other than, other than, I got two words for you. Sean didn't really have a catchphrase. Well, other than he was the showstopper, the icon, the main event. Yeah, but if you say so that, then right, yeah. you're giving you're giving you're giving everything away. I mean, you can't do that. Well, that's true. Yes, it is. And speaking of giving stuff away, they gave away a piss break in the next match. Brie Bella against Alicia Fox. And uh, short match, very, very sloppy. But Alicia Fox does win with the axe kick. After the match, Jillian Hall tries to sing for Alicia. She gets an axe kick as well. And nothing really to say about that. It was what it was. So next match was John Morrison against Ted DiBiase. And here, uh, Ted DiBiase ended up getting the win after R-Truth was on commentary. And... DiBiase tried to go for a pin with his feet on the ropes. R-Truth came and knocked his feet off to save uh, John Morrison the loss. But in the end, uh, DiBiase sent Morrison headfirst into R-Truth as he was trying to get up on the ring apron and rolled him up for the 1-2-3. And this, of course, continues the dissension angle for Team Cena for SummerSlam as after the match, Morrison and Dibi- or Morrison and R-Truth rather, got into a heated argument. So that sets up the the more dissension between the teams. So we got a little more of an interesting dynamic now for SummerSlam. Well, not only that, did, did you notice that it uh, looked like, you know, uh, Morrison hasn't shaved recently. Maybe he's growing that heel beard in, you know? Well, you know, heel beards have always worked except for uh, Paul London. This is true. If you have a goatee, you're usually a bad guy. So, I mean, it's just the way it goes. 
Yeah, just don't laugh at the boss and you'll be all set. And that brings us finally to our main event for tonight, the Miz and Sheamus tag team match against Cena and Jericho. And typical match, nothing really special about it, but you got your typical heel finish as Jericho turns on Cena, hits the code breaker, allowing Miz to tag himself in while he's arguing with Sheamus to get the pin. And after that, the entire team, minus Brett the Hitman Hart, comes out and starts arguing and really sets up the dissension between them as People start getting chopped by the great Kali, who I thought was very funny trying to be the voice of reason in this whole mess. Yeah, it sounded something like this. Unfortunately, unfortunately, Runjan was not there to, uh, you know, basically give us the breakdown of the translation. But uh, that's pretty much what I got. He probably wasn't there because he was trying to work on his heel turn. Again? <laughs> no laughs, nothing. All right, that joke sucked. Scratching it from the list. So that's your Monday Night Raw recap, gentlemen. Uh, letter grades? Hmm. I'll go first. I'll go first. Oh, my God. I can't believe it. It's a miracle. Mark Tate. I, I will give the, the show a C+. Plus. C+. Plus. Mm-hmm. Okay. Any explanation? And the reason is because uh, I wasn't that entertained. I mean, they did a few good things to set, you know, to, to get us ready for the pay-per-view. But, I mean, guys, we're talking about SummerSlam. It's supposed to be the biggest party of the summer. And right now, all I can really think about is the 7-on-7. Seven seven and... Uh, that's about it. Is there anything else going on they've booked towards yet? Not really. I, I'm I'm still not feeling this whole seven on seven. I I really think that would have been better to have a one on one between Barrett and Cena. I just I felt like that would have been the way to go. Maybe have a couple of the you know the rest of the Nexus face off with some people in a elimination type tag. But I really felt like Cena and Barrett should be something special and aside from all this, which kind of leads me to believe that they've put this a seven on seven elimination match kind of leads me to believe that we are, in fact, going to see a major heel turn. Now, you know, rumors are running that it's going to be John Cena, which would make sense. I've heard Bret Hart, possibly, which does nothing. I mean, that well, would that would be like a fart in church. It's just not going to go over people. Right. Um, I don't see it being Cena for this reason, and I'll tell you why. Jericho's contract is coming up soon, and it looks like, as of right now, he's probably not going to re-sign a long-term deal. What he may do is like what he did before and sign uh, you know, an appearance contract. Well, I'll appear on so many shows post-SummerSlam you know, or post-whatever pay-per-view where his contract does come up. What they started tonight with Jericho Cena leads you to believe that after this Nexus 7-on-7, the focus is going to be Jericho Cena. Um, I think what's going to end up happening is, due to the fact Jericho says he wants to get rid of Cena because he sees him as no different than the Nexus, what will end up happening is they'll have a series of, of matches, and then you'll probably have Jericho Cena, loser leave town, and that's how they get rid of of uh, 
Jericho. Well, the only that's, that's what I'm expecting. The only problem that I have with that is we saw that five years ago. That's how Jericho left the company initially in 2005. He was kicked off by Bischoff because he lost to John Cena, and he fired him on Monday Night Raw. So we're going to see a rehash of that five years later. I, I really hope that's not the case. Well, that's what it's looking like they're leaning towards. Well, we're seeing a rehash of ECW five years later, so why the hell not? I guess. Uh, apparently 2005 has come back, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Josh, now, what's, the old Jim, what's the old Jim Cornette saying? A good wrestling storyline can be re- reused every how many years? I think it's more than five. I think it was like seven years, every seven or eight years. Well, ECW is like 12 years, but, you know, I mean, that's neither here nor there. We'll get into that much later on in the program. Josh, what do you have tonight for letter grades? Mine, I'm going to go with uh, Trey Dog on this one and say a C+. Uh, the only real ankle advancement they've done was for the 7-on-7 seven seven at SummerSlam, or as Michael Cole dubbed it last week, Summer Sam. So unless they start doing something else for the rest of the card, uh, this has been you know, a one-storyline show. And in all honesty, it wasn't really you know worthy of a B or an A. It was just kind of mess, so C+. I'm going to differ with you guys. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go a little higher. I'm going to go B minus. And the reason I'm going B minus is because I like the fact that tonight they finally showed that the Nexus are a good unit on their own. And it wasn't about, you know, sneak attacking guys and outnumbering them. They actually got it done in the ring. And I was impressed. You know, maybe that might have been the only thing that impressed me tonight. But from what I saw, I'm going to give this show a B minus. All right. So C plus for me and Trey and B minus from JJ. And with that being said, that wraps up your Raw Recap, brought to you by the Rest Sunday Night Showdown Radio Network. Nicely done, Josh Pedra. Nicely done. Hey, what can I say? I always got to get that plug out there. I got to keep my title as Plug King and stop uh, Randy McWilliams from uh, trying to steal it away from me. So True that. So uh, <laughs> is there any big spoilers? What's going on with your column this week? Um, again, I actually... Don't really know what's going on with my column tomorrow. Um, I'll probably look at some of the stuff that's been going on recently. Maybe uh, I'll talk about ECW once again, get my uh, frustrations out of the way on that. Uh, so that could possibly be my column tomorrow, but it's kind of a go-as-it-does uh, type of thing. Well, you know, ECW seems to be the uh, the topic for everybody here lately that writes a column. So, I mean, but then again, it is it is the big news story going around, so... All right, Josh. Well, thanks for joining us tonight on, on uh, Wrestling News Live. It's always a pleasure to have you aboard, and uh, I guess I will probably talk to you tomorrow night, my friend. All right. Have a good show, guys. And, Trey, don't lose all your money. Too late. Gotcha, brother. Gotcha. <laughs> you're, you're about an hour too late there, Josh. Uh, well, I tried. All right, guys. Have a good night. All right, Josh. We'll talk to you later. Hey. Oh, C plus. Uh, you know, it's a passing grade from you guys. I, I, I'll give it that. There's no F this week. Well, I mean, like I said, we're building towards the biggest pay per view of the summer, the uh, you know second biggest pay per view in the company, and we've only got really two matches that we're working towards, and that's Cena and his seven, you know, the, the WWE seven versus the Nexus, and then you've got Randy Orton and Sheamus. Other than that, we don't know a whole lot about what to expect, and we're just three weeks away. That is true. I mean, we are three weeks away. They still have, you know, a couple weeks to kind of build this. 
Obviously, I mean, you can you can you can almost bank on the Usos and the Hearts. Um, you can almost bank on um, Alicia Fox and a random diva uh, for the belt. Um, you can almost bet that somehow a Santino Kozlov tag team match will happen for a piss break comedy relief segment. I mean, uh, I mean, you can you can you can kind of book the card yourself, but. You know with where they've been going, but I mean to be three weeks away from if we were three weeks away from WrestleMania and this was a show you got, you wouldn't have given it to B plus. That I mean, you know what that that's true. I wouldn't have, but this isn't WrestleMania. Now let's keep in mind that going into SummerSlam, we're missing some marquee names. There's no Triple H. There's no Undertaker. There's right. no Shawn Michaels. I mean, we're missing some main staples. Uh, of SummerSlam, and you know we've got, I think on the SmackDown brand they've confirmed Rey Mysterio versus Kane for, right. for the World Heavyweight Championship, and I'm sure they'll they'll probably be some toward some sort of intercontinental title defense. I think Miz, quite frankly, should have some sort of uh, U.S. title defense at the pay per view. I think Miz should lose that title. He doesn't need it anymore to propel his character. He's already got the money in the bank. It's time to put that belt on somebody else, but. If you're going to do that, you got to start working on a, the honky-tonk man on the Warrior if you've got one of those surprise deals where he says, hey, I don't have a match on the card, and I'm the U.S. champion. You know, they need to bring in somebody to beat him and take that belt, even if it is a surprise at the pay-per-view. Um, that, that's a good point. I'm trying to remember all seven guys. Is, is Truth in this match? Yes. Okay. Well, see that that eliminates that. I think Truth should be the one to take the inter, uh, the uh, the U.S. title back from the Miz because the only reason they put that title back on the Miz was obviously for his uh, going into uh, what was it? Uh, fuck, I can't even think tonight. Going into um, oh shit, the, the big video game conference. Uh, he went yeah. in, you know, and did the publicity. E three, excuse me, God, I don't I don't know what the hell's wrong with me tonight. Usually I know what I'm talking about. E3, yeah. And that's that's the main reason they put that belt on him, uh, you know, for the, the publicity end of it. So Well, I think a guy that could really benefit from the belt and, you know, storyline-wise and character progression would be a Ted DiBiase. I mean, I could see them cutting a promo backstage with Maurice sitting there saying, you know, when we got together, you promised me you were going to become a champion, and you know you haven't even smelt the world heavyweight title. You know maybe you need to set your sights on something you can take and handle. And I want you to get me a belt, get me the U.S. title. Well, the only thing about that yeah. is, you know, Night of Champions is coming up after SummerSlam, and from what I understand, they're pushing a program between DiBiase and John Morrison now. You say to yourself, neither one of those guys is the champion. Well, that's technically not the case, as Ted DiBiase is the million-dollar champion, and I kind of see them having him put this title on the line against uh, John Moore. It would be nice to see DiBiase get some gold. You know, I mean, I, I kind of feel like one day this kid's going to be a world heavyweight champion. But, you know, it'd be nice to see some mid-card gold. Well, I mean, it's going to be one of those things we're going to have to see if putting him with a top diva doesn't give him, you know, career cancer like it does most guys. You know, I mean, most of the time you get paired up with a diva, it's because you're not getting yourself over, and that's what they're using her to do. So I'd like to see, 
you know, like we talked about last week, it come down to a deal where John Morrison can't get the upper hand, and it's because of, you know, Maurice and her constant interference. And the fact that she plays a bitch so well, you know, I, I know she's not, but to, to play that character, she does such a good job of being such a money-hungry bitch, you know. Um, bring in Melina, because she's going to be over with the crowd, and just have Melina come and reunite with John Morrison and then have a series of matches between the four of them. Oh, you know what? I agree. I think that's exactly the the uh, way they should go with this, and I'm pretty sure that we're going to see that in the very near future, you know, with, uh, you know, probably after SummerSlam, of course. I mean, obviously everything is building toward this huge matchup that could change the face of the company, you know. Well, I mean, they, they just, I, again, I don't want to come on the show and start tearing shit apart, but, you know, they need to put some gas in the tank and get us where we need to be, and they haven't got us there yet. They came off a great Raw last week with a great ending. You know, they should have really gotten on the ball this week and backed it up. And I did enjoy the dissension between, you know, the WWE 7, but there's got to be more to it than that. There's got to be more than just, you know, who's leading the, who's leading the group. There's got to be more around that storyline and there's not it's just that and Seamus and 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 Orton and I'm sorry but that's not I mean you want to plot down 40 bucks well that's a good point Uh, I do want to reiterate I just got a message from uh, one of the official news sources here on the Sunday Night Showdown radio network uh, Chris Crelly from headlocks to headlines.com letting me know that Melina is scheduled to return next week for the raw brand and she will be feuding with Alicia Fox well, there you go. That's what's going to be your diva token diva match on the pay per view. Well, exactly, and I'm sure I'm sure Layla will have some sort of title defense on uh, on the SmackDown brand for SummerSlam too. Right. But uh, you know what? I think we should take our first commercial break of the evening. Come back, and uh, you know, there's some things I want to discuss. Obviously, TNA is one of them. Uh, I don't know if you heard or not, but. Uh, Oh, yeah, the macho man has resurfaced, Trey Dog. Yes, he is. Oh, yeah. Yes, I'm the middle, middle with the macho man right here on Wrestling News Live. <laughs> with that said, guys, we'll be right back with more Wrestling News Live right here on the SNS Radio Network. Oh, yeah. Hey, this is Santo Loco, and you are listening to Wrestling News Live. <laughs> we keep it hardcore, like a 187. Keep it hardcore, LAX is aggressive. Keep it hardcore, so count your blessings. 5158, nothing to mess with. Put my flag over victim. Ladies and gentlemen, make some noise for my rookie, Michael McGillicuddy. Michael McGillicuddy, I think, from what I've seen so far, has probably the best chance of winning this thing. He's got the look, and from what I've seen in the ring, he's got the tools. You look at him in the face when he walks through the curtain, and he is happy. You can feel his passion when you watch him. He has that fire. He has that spark. You can see it in his eyes. He's as close, as perfect as it gets. He sure is. <laughs> he's not flawless. No way. The only thing that's been less than perfect would be that Michael McGillicuddy was talking all about how he's bringing back ruthless aggression to the WWE. Well, arm drags and drop kicks and leapfrogs, that's not ruthless aggression. 
Personality and charisma-wise, I haven't seen much from Michael McGillicuddy. And that might just be because he hasn't had much of a chance to, to talk. That's the same kind of impact. Thank you very much. Michael McGillicuddy seems cocky. Seems like since Daddy was a pro, then I'll be a pro. No, that's not going to happen. Daddy was good. You're mediocre. There's that whole nother level that guys are willing to go to to get a win. I'm willing to go as far as it takes. I'd like to see if Michael McGillicuddy is too. There's an it factor there, and I'm interested in watching how that it factor grows. He has a big chip on his shoulder, and uh, I think that's definitely a good thing. And uh, he's ready to have fun and ready to uh, become a star. <laughs> Everybody, this is Ted DiBiase, the Mary Dollar Man, and you're listening to WML Radio. Everybody's got a price. Everybody's gonna pay. Not getting enough TNA wrestling? It's time to join TNA Video Vault. TNA Video Vault gives you access to over 300 hours of programming, including every pay-per-view and DVD ever released as well as other exclusive TNA programs. Get unlimited viewing access for as little as $4.17 per month. Go to TNAVideoVault.com to get started today. I hear voices in my head. They counsel me. They understand. They talk to me. Since 1996, audio wrestling has been getting in the ring as your definitive source for all your wrestling desires. Interviews with some of pro wrestling's biggest stars. Providing you with a wide selection of award-winning wrestling shows from past and present. Such as Ministry of Slam, Monday Night Mayhem, In Your Head, WrestleCast, Sunday Night Showdown, Wrestling News Live, Between the Ropes, RVD Radio, WrestleCast, and WrestleTalk Radio, and many others. If you can't get enough Mad Mania, climb into the ring with Audio Wrestling, www.audiowrestling.com, and check out all the real voices of wrestling radio, Audio Wrestling, keeping you tuned in since 1996. Does listening to Wrestling News Live make you a smarter, more knowledgeable wrestling fan? Would the Trey Dog drink Velvet Sky's bathwater? <sighs> well, hello there, Velvet. some good bathwater, baby. Ow! Listening to Wrestling News Live does make you a smarter, more knowledgeable wrestling fan, although it will not save you any money on your car insurance. Get in the zone with WrestleZone at www.wrestlezone.com. Your one-stop shop for all the latest news and rumors in the world of pro wrestling and cutting-edge editorials by former WWE announcer Kevin Kelly and former WCW announcer Mark Madden. An extensive forums board for the casual wrestling fan. Stop by and sign up to chat with knowledgeable wrestling fans. Get in the zone with WrestleZone at www.wrestlezone.com. Com. 
Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the new Wrestling News Live. And now, here are your hosts, The Trade Dog and JJ Sexay of SundayNightShowdown.com. You can't see me, my time is In case you forgot or fell off, I'm still hot. Knock your shell off, my money stacked back. Alright guys, we're back. Mr. Money on the mic, JJ Sexay. The one, the only, the Trey Dog. Stirring up controversy as we always do on every Monday night right here on Wrestling News Live. As Trey's coughing. Well, I have a feeling that this is going to get a little crazy in this segment. But we need to explain where normally we would have your Get in the Zone with Wrestle Zone segment. Uh, Nick is not going to be with us this week. Yeah, Nick had some things to take care of. He'll be joining us again next week uh, for another edition of uh, Get in the Zone with WrestleZone, the official news source right here for Wrestling News Live. We'll cover some news here in a little bit. Uh, I know we're going to kind of shift focus a little bit. There's a lot that I kind of want to talk about, and I feel like I should put my boxing gloves on because I think me and Trey are going to have, uh, you know, ding, ding, round one here. You know, <laughs> It's what we do, my friend. It's what we do. We're just sparring away. It's all in good fun. Makes for good wrestling conversation. I mean, nobody wants to listen to a show where everybody agrees all the time. That is absolutely true. I find that boring when I listen to radio shows like that. But with that so, said, go ahead. I, I kind of know. I kind of know where this is getting ready to go. So I will explain to everyone that um, this is a situation where. JJ and I don't know what we're going to say. This is not scripted. So whatever happens, happens. Not scripted? Say it isn't so, Trey. Come on. (laughs) I just have a feeling I know where this is going to go. But all right, I can handle it. Well, you know, let's go ahead and and bring up the conversation of topic. TNA. Hardcore justice. I mean, let's take away the three letters. TNA. And and let's, let's replace it. With ECW, because, I mean, that's what we've got going on here, Trey Dog. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, yes and no. I mean, I will admit my ideals and my opinions on this have changed a little bit. Um, after watching Impact last week, I mean, let's not kid ourselves. TNA's never been good with pay-per-view names. I don't know who does this for the company, but they've obviously got a hidden porn fetish because everything they do sounds like a porno. Not everything. Um, not everything. Well, Mo- not most, everything, but, but, but close. Most of them sound like pornos uh, or most of them sound like they would be uh, religious pay-per-views. You know, I mean, Genesis, Bound for Glory. Well, that could be an obs- that could be an obsession with Phil Collins. <laughs> <laughs> no, that against, would against all odds. Yes, against all odds. That would be the obsession with Phil Collins. Genesis. He was a member of Genesis. Here's a thought. Maybe their next paper you should be called In the Air Tonight. Yeah, I mean, I don't know why they don't just do it in the air tonight. For, you know, pay per view. Exactly. You know, um, I, here's the deal. I had a lot of internal doubts and questions about what they were doing, why they're doing what they're doing. I still have a lot of questions. I 
I don't know if you know I'm a hundred percent comfortable with with you know where they're going and what they're doing and why they're doing it. A part of me understands. A part of me says, "Let it die." Um, but then, by the same token, you look at things from a business standpoint, and you get another set of questions and another set of ideals and another set of opinions. Um, so that it doesn't sound like we're talking in tongues, I'll dive into this. Um, basically, going into last week's impact, and again, I don't read spoilers, I don't like spoilers, I hate spoilers. Um, basically, not knowing what was going to happen on impact until it happened Thursday night, you know, they kept announcing that Dixie Carter would make this major announcement at the end of the show. And we all knew what it was going to be. It was going to be centered around ECW and the fact the week before they had the big knockdown drag out fight in the ring. Well, Dixie finally comes out and, you know, she's shooting from the heart. She's telling it like it is. She brings in the, the ECW crew of Mick Foley Raven, Steven Richards, Rhino, and Tommy Dreamer. Um, Dreamer starts to, to, to cut his promo, and it's not really a promo. He's just talking to the fans and the, and the viewers. Um, you know, Tommy gets emotional, and, and, and you know, if, if, I don't know what the right way to say this is, I'm not a big softy. I don't cry at chick flicks. But knowing the background of what he was talking about, where he was coming from, you know, he basically came out and said, look, you know, this was a company, and JJ, you are a big, you know, promoter of ECW. You're a big fan of ECW, the original ECW that stood for everything these major television network-based wrestling companies were against. You know, they were dark, they were dirty, they were different, they were hardcore, and yeah. bring in wrestlers like Stone Cold Steve Austin, you know, because he was disgruntled and left WCW because he was fired over the phone, and he was upset about it. So, you know, they wanted you to hear his side of why he didn't like WCW. And he basically ripped on Hulk Hogan, you know, into the spoof of, you know, Hulk Hogan. And, you know, this was a company that, that, that embraced that and allowed that and looked for that. You know, at the same time, they're trying to get major television to, you know, get their product that they knew would be successful out to the masses. And when they finally did it, the company started going bankrupt, you know, and we all know the history of ECW, but that was the heart and soul of not everybody that walked through the door, not everybody that walked through the door at ECW felt the same way about ECW, and not all of them were there at the time of its demise. But for those like Tommy Dreamer and Raven and, you know, Rhino, who was the champ when the company folded, you know, people that were there with their blood, their sweat, their tears, their pride, their, you know, love of the business, 
and you know they've been working in ECW because WWE, WWF, or WCW wouldn't give them the time of day at that point. You know, and yeah, the Dudleys are another one at that point. RVD, you know, guys that really bled for ECW. That company meant more than just a company. That company was more to them than just a place to show their work. That company was a family that literally, if you've seen the, the ECW DVD, The Rise and Fall, you know, Tommy Dreamer's packing T-shirts and driving them to places, and one guy's, you know, writing labels on, on the mail that gets sent out, and they didn't have a team of secretaries or, a you know, an entire office crew doing the things that needed to be done for a company to be successful. You know, they were all pitching in doing other things besides wrestling just to make that company successful. You can't tell me those guys didn't love being a member of ECW. So, you know, take whatever you love the most in life and watch it get taken away from you beyond your control. And then the guy you hate most in life starts it back up, calls it the same thing, and butchers it and waters it down to the point that you're embarrassed to even know that it's out there. One of those things that when you look at it, your toes curl, and you just can't watch for fact of being so embarrassed to see somebody else, you know. Vince trashed ECW when he brought it back, made it a joke to these people who believed in it and bled for it and, you know, worked two two or three different jobs within the company to make it successful, you know, and then to see it come back the way it did, to have their one-night stand, their big celebration, but to be mixed in with WCW or WWE talent, you know, it wasn't about ECW. It was about WWE and their vision of where it was supposed to be and what it was supposed to be. You know, that furthered the fuel of frustration for a lot of these guys. And all they've done is gone to TNA and asked if Dixie Carter will give them the platform, give them a ring, give them a company that has rights to pay-per-view coverage, and let them have what really will be their one last stand, their chance to do what they want to do without Vince McMahon's, you know, fingers in the cookie jar, without TNA's wrestlers sprinkled in throughout the program, you know, without super high over WWE wrestlers showing up on their program and stealing their thunder and their limelight. Let them do things the way they want to do things, the way they would have done things the first time had they had the right to book it themselves and not be overruled by Vince McMahon. That's what these guys are there for now. That's what they're trying to do. They're not trying to relive their youth. They just want to have one last party before they turn out the lights, but they want it to be on their fucking terms and not some promoter who's got a secondary agenda of bringing the brand back and watering it down someday and selling it to a television station that, you know, doesn't make any sense. You know, they don't care if they ever work for ECW again 
but by God, they want to go out the way they want to go out. And that's all this is about. Now, some of these guys are going to come in there with a hidden agenda of trying to show Dixie and Jeff and the TNA brass that they can still go, uh, that they can still be a viable part of the company, you know. But some of them are just coming to say hi to their friends, be in the ring one more time, and represent ECW the best that they can. That's all it's about. And you make a valid point, Trey, but here's the problem. Uh we had one night stand in 2005. Yes, it was run by the WWE. But I also remember that show because the only WWE-influenced thing that happened on that show was obviously when RVD and Paul Heyman were out cutting the promo to the to the guys that were sitting in the balcony, you know, your JBLs, your, uh, your Edges. You know, that was the only real WWE interference that happened on that show. It was about guys like Chris Jericho, uh, you know, wrestling his long-time tag team partner, Lance Storm. It was about Mike Awesome and Masato Tanaka. And it was about those guys five years ago. And then to top that off, the same weekend they had that, Shane Douglas and the rest of the ECW guys ran Hardcore Homecoming. Right. You know, uh, which which was a big deal for them. I remember promoting that at one time and still getting stiffed by Jeremy Borash. But... You know, again, we're talking five years later. These guys are past their prime. I mean, shit, Tommy Dreamer tore his MCL in the ring in the segment they did a couple weeks ago. I mean, that's that's got to tell you something right there. If Tommy Dreamer can get in the ring, tear his MCL the first time he's back after, you know, being unemployed from... I mean, that's not good. I mean, no offense to Raven and these guys. I have respect for them, and I'm a huge ECW homer for the original... ECW, the one that was run by Paul Heyman, the one that produced guys like RVD, where Bam Bam Bigelow was a ECW world television champion, where Taz was a badass motherfucker as the human suplex machine. That's ECW to me. I attended the last house show, the last ECW show. I was there in Pine Bluff, Arkansas. And the good thing about this, though, JJ... Is that if this doesn't do it for you, you don't have to watch. If you don't want to see your memories of ECW be tainted by this promotion that's reliving it five years later, you don't have to buy the pay-per-view. You don't have to watch it. You know, you talk about it being so long ago and, and how it'll never be the same. Well, you said it yourself in the first segment of the show when you were talking to Josh Pedra, everybody's writing their column about it. It's all over the news. It's all, it's all over every wrestling website. And we're talking about a company here in TNA that does not do well with their advertising. They don't buy advertising on other stations. We've, we've argued about this. We've talked about this. What they are doing with this is getting publicity because again, Every column writer is writing about it. Every internet show is talking about it. I'll guarantee you if you turn on, I can name five shows off the top of my head, and I guarantee you it gets a, a, a huge segment of the show this week. It's on every news board, on every second to fourth news line. It's something about ECWTNA, you know. If they get anything out of this at all, 
they're going to get the fact that they're getting their name put out there. And like JSK used to say, there's no such thing as bad publicity. You're also talking about a company who's struggling to sell pay-per-view. This pay-per-view will outsell anything they've done in the last year. Guarantee it. Okay, that, that's the a crowd, good point. The crowd still chants ECW everywhere you go. So to say it's a forgotten art would be foolish. So, I mean, if, if everybody thought that, hey, these guys are all old and, and they've been there, done that, I don't want to see this, then we wouldn't be having this conversation right now. Well, I mean, there are aspects, there are fans out there that want to see these ECW guys. I mean, you know, half of them work for the company now. I mean, how long has, how long has Stevie Richards been there off and on? How long has Raven right. been there off and on? The Dudley Boys, Team 3D, have been there for how long? Yeah, I mean, we've seen these guys before. Rhino's been there off and on since he was released from the WWE back, you know, five, six years ago. So, I mean, we're still seeing a lot of the same guys. So they're going to bring in Jerry Lynn. And I'll admit, I'm interested to see how that match is going to pan out between Jerry Lynn and RVD. Their match in 99 was spectacular. Anytime those two ever, there's a lot of uh, people out there that aren't big on spots. But those guys took wrestling to a whole new level, you know, back in 99. But yeah, Jerry Lynn's pushing fifty. I guarantee you, the two of them will tear the house down. Well, he's in his forties. I know. I, I'm not. I don't think he's fifty yet, but he's 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 in his forties. So he's getting up there, and a great guy too. I mean, you know, every time I've seen him work in the ring, I just saw him recently here in Calgary. He and Lance Storm teamed up to take on the tag team of uh, Super Wild here at the PWA Night of Champions, the same show that Booker was on. So I mean, he still has it. He can still go out there and put on a clinic and, and do well. You know, we're going to see guys like Al Snow and Simon Diamond and Johnny Swinger's coming back. I don't know why Johnny Swinger isn't with TNA. Uh, you know, he was one of the guys I always thought had talent. But here's the thing, man. I After watching Impact this week and watching the segment, the segment excuse me, where, you know, Dixie Carter goes out and addresses the crowd and says that she invited the ECW guys. Again, blatant use of the word ECW all the time. I mean, it's one thing if the fans chant it. It's another thing if you make them chant it or if you entice them to do so. ECW is a legal trademark, whether you like it or not, of Titan Tower Corporation. Vince McMahon and the WWE no, it's, own no, it's, it's no money out of my pocket when they say it, and I don't own it, so I don't give a shit if she, if she says it all night long. No, that's fine. But no, sweat off, no, no sweat off my sack. No, that's fine, but I'm going somewhere with this. Uh, to a guy like Vince McMahon, if you're sitting at home and you're listening to this shit, I mean, how do you not feel gimmick infringed? Uh, you know, everybody has written great articles here recently. Uh, I can name two right off the bat that deal directly with this subject. Jason Powell wrote one uh, entitled Tommy Dreamer, Don't Cry For Me. And Mark Madden on WrestleZone had a great article involving this company. I suggest you read both of those because he really nails the point home that I'm trying to make. This is 2010. Uh, I've been told by many people uh, since we've partnered with WrestleZone, I've received several emails and Facebook messages that I should start reading this Mark Madden column. I think from what I understand without reading it yet, we're going to end up getting this guy on the phone. He and I are going to have it out. That may happen, and, and that's fine. 
I'm in agreement with a lot of things he says. You know, Lance Storm was offered to partake in this, and he turned it down. Now, why did he turn it down? Because he's been very vocal about TNA's, uh, you know, booking for, for the longest time. It would be hypocritical for him to go and work the ECW show, because, I mean, let's face it, that's what it's called. You know, then, 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 then good for him that he stood up for his morals and his beliefs. I mean, just because you go work this show, it doesn't make you a sinner. You know, no, I mean, it doesn't. Like I said, if you don't want to, if you don't want to watch it, you don't have to. And if you don't want to participate in it, if you're an ECW original and you think, hey, you know what, I'm hanging them up. I've, I've, you know, I hung them up ten years ago. Then, then leave them hung up. There's nobody putting a gun to your head that says you have to watch this, you have to participate, and you have to buy it to see it. Nobody's saying that. I didn't say anybody was, was I mean, well, I am going to be covering it, obviously. I've got Sunday Night Showdowns. So I'll be buying the pay-per-view and covering it. But my point is this, Trey. You're kind of missing. I'm not saying anybody's forcing me to do this. I will watch it out of morbid curiosity just because I want to see the train wreck happen live. You know, Tommy Dreamer can come in and book this pay-per-view however he wants, which is another point of contention for me. Dixie Carter brings these guys out, invites them in the ring, allows them to say their piece, and gives them, you know, carte blanche at the next pay-per-view. It's not going to be a TNA pay-per-view. Okay. We're done. You guys go ahead and do your own thing. I mean, that okay. that that's a smart... I mean, that that's a great business lady right there. It's like, uh, you know... Hey guys, uh, AJ, Kurt, Matt, uh, De Niro, you guys can't wrestle this month because we're bringing back guys from 12 years ago that are past their prime, and you guys um, are just going to sit at home while we do this hardcore pay-per-view. Now, how does that make you feel if you are a member of that roster? Probably one of those guys that would say, oh, so you mean we don't have to fly in one weekend a month to do a show that lately has only done about eight to 10,000 buys. So we're really not making a whole lot of money off of it anyway. And in effect, we're kind of just wasting our time walking in place because nobody's buying our pay-per-views anyway. So rather than waste a weekend of my time flying up there to Orlando, I can take this day off and spend it with my family and friends. All right, go ahead. Do your TNA pay-per-view. Okay. But here's the thing. Dixie Carter also said in this promo, this is not her doing a promo, this is her being real. Okay, which I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever, Dixie. You, you want to believe that, go right on ahead. That's fine. But she made the point that ECW was what Hulk Hogan was to the 80s in the 90s. So in my opinion, Dixie Carter is like a monkey at the zoo. She's pulling that feces out and she's throwing shit at the wall to see what's going to stick. And while this might garner a good buy rate for one pay-per-view, how is it going to translate over to what TNA has done? What is it going to do for no, TNA? No. Nothing. It's not going to no, do no. shit for that company. Well, I mean, we don't know that. We haven't been there yet. We, you know, I can pick up my Magic 8-Ball and shake it and see what it says, but, I mean, right now, we neither one of us know what's going to happen later on. Well, you know, I know that there were rumors going around that TNA wanted to expand and bring more television shows. Are they going to have an offshoot of, of ECW on Spike Television? No. This no. leads me to believe that's where it's going. They, no, they have literally said within the company, this is going to be a one-night stand. That's all it's going to be. It's a chance for these guys to come back and do a show. 
some show, whatever show they choose to do, which happens to be Hardcore Justice, they're going to do the show their way and their way only with no interference from TNA booking or WWE booking. It's going to be their way. Let them have their way and let them ride off in the sunset, just like she said. She's doing That's it. The ECW fans, the TNA fans that want to see this, believe it or not, there's obviously enough of them out there that want to see it or they wouldn't be doing this. Oh, but she's not doing it for the fans. She's doing it to try to get the rub off of this. That's what I don't understand. There is no rub. There is no rub. That's like me trying to say I'm trying to start a record career right now off of a 1984 Michael Jackson song. What? That's retarded. (laughs) But, Trey, what sense does it make? What sense does it make to bring in guys that are not with your company that were a successful what indie promotion? What sense did it make to do one night stand the first time with the WWE? What sense did it make to do a hardcore homecoming? It, it was, was one night that those guys could get together. Now, granted, Vince couldn't keep his fingers out of it. And that's why these guys are pissed <laughs> and they want to do it their own way. I mean, if I stop doing this show and you and I agree to disagree, and we walk our separate ways, and we shut the doors on Wrestling News Live, and then 10 years later, I start getting emails from Pillman 9mm, and Flair 17 Time, and Josh Pedra, and Walkie Walker, and the Black Redneck, and they start saying, hey man, we really do miss you, you know, we enjoyed listening to you talk wrestling in the day, we like for our kids who are now wrestling fans, to see what it was like when we were diehard fans and listening to wrestling radio shows. And, you know, we'd like to see you come back. And I come back and do a show that's completely ran by somebody else, and you really only get to hear me talk for about five minutes. Is that really a reunion show? Is that really how the trade dogs used to do things? No. So I would probably get pissed off and say, you know what, screw that, that wasn't the way I want to be remembered, that's not the way I want my fans' kids who never knew me before and are hearing me for the first time to think I always was, I want to do this my own way, I'm going to do this by myself, even if I have to go to another radio show and get them to let me use their stream so I have a way with my talent to reach the public. Although I might not do my show the way they do theirs now, I'm going to ask them if for one week if they won't do their show and just let me have their time slot and their stream so that I can relive my glory of hosting wrestling radio and appease my fans one last time. So the analogy that you just gave me, and I'm going to say this right now, I am not disparaging anybody. In fact... Uh, what I'm about to say is probably going to shock some people. What you just said, Trey, that analogy that you just gave, if we split ways 10 years later, came back and wanted to do a wrestling radio show, so what you're saying is it would be okay for us, and again, this is an example, people, that we go over to Wrestle Talk Radio and beg them to give us one night to do a wrestling news live. Because that's what I'm getting out of this conversation. Right. Again, why would we do that? And no offense to the guys at WTR, because I'm not bashing them. But I'm just using well, the analogy I mean, you just gave me. Well, you're, you're, you're asking me a question that divulges the behind-the-scenes workings of a wrestling radio show. 
if we're going to go down that route, you got to have a screen. You've got to have a, a way to reach the fans. You can't just sit and talk on a microphone or nobody's going to hear you. So I would need somebody with a screen. Now, Greg, you got to remember, you and I have been out of the game for 10 years not doing any kind of radio whatsoever. We hunted up and we retired. So we wouldn't have a stream. We wouldn't have a website wires to run a wrestling radio show. We wouldn't have a chat room to sit in and watch the people talk as we did our reunion show. So you reach out to the guys at WTR and you say, guys, for one night, JJ and I want to relive wrestling news live the way it used to be. Can we, can we have your Sunday night time slot? And then you and I start the show, and they take over, and they basically interview us for about 30 minutes and go on about their business. Is that the way you want to be remembered? No, because that's not the way we used to do things. So then about, you know, two or three years go by, and that festers like a sore inside your stomach, inside your gut, inside your heart, and finally you decide... Man, that is no way near the way I want to be remembered. And I damn sure don't want the kids that are now new listeners that have never heard me before that listen to their dad talk about, you know, how they used to listen to the trade dog on Wrestling News Live. You know, that's not how I want to be remembered. That's not how I want to go out. You know, so I go to, I don't know, Monday Night Mayhem. And I say, hey, Mosh. You know, here's what happened. We did a 10-year reunion show, and it was nothing like what we wanted because the guy that said we could come on the air interrupted us, took over the show, and basically we didn't get to do things the way we would have liked to have done them. All right? So is there any possible way that we can come on Monday Night Mayhem, just me and JJ, one night... And do a show the way we used to for our fans. Oh, my God. And so they can, you know, remember what it was like. No interference from the Mosh. No interference from Blade. All they do is turn on the stream, turn on the microphones, and say, okay, JJ, you and Trey do your thing. You're not going to hear a word out of us. And then we have our show the way that we want. And C. Crelly has a very salient point in the chat room. Dreamer booked... One Night Stand 05. They can't moan about One Night Stand 05. Yes, they can moan about the ECW brand, but they can't moan about that because Dreamer booked it. Now, listen, I'm all for Tommy Dreamer having a reunion, okay? I think that's fine. It's great. I don't want to see it in TNA. I'm sorry. I would much rather uh, pay for an independent pay-per-view, you know, a la a Legends of Wrestling, which was the worst pay-per-view if you ever bought that. I, you you got to have buyer's remorse on that one. But they would be much better doing a hardcore homecoming three or something with the original ECW guys or it wasn't involved with TNA. Again, this does absolutely nothing for TNA. And in the end, it might garner a buy rate for the ECW guys. But that's about it. Now, I'm about to make an analogy and you'll have to excuse me, guys. I'm going to play a little music in the background, okay? It's probably going to sound a little strange to you, but but you'll understand once I bring this this topic up, okay? Trey, are you familiar with who Ike Turner is and Tina Turner? I'm very familiar. You know, the, the thing about Ike Turner that most of you guys probably, you know, that aren't old enough to know what I'm talking about, Ike Turner was a very abusive man. Uh, you know, he was a singer back in the 60s, and he married Tina Turner, and, and they had a... 
a huge thing going on there for a while, you know, where she basically did all the singing for his band. And, you know, Ike Turner pretty much is the closest thing to a, a modern-day pimp. Well, the way that I see TNA and the wrestling fans in general is this. And I might catch some heat over this, and that's fine. I don't mind catching a little bit of heat, people. But I'm going to speak the truth, and I'm going to tell you how I feel about TNA and wrestling fans in general. You see, TNA is like the Ike Turner of professional wrestling, okay? TNA, they, they beat up on the wrestling fans. They abuse us, but yet they entice us each and every month. Oh, it's okay. I'm going to be better next month. I promise you, I won't hit you again. I will make it up to you. It's okay, baby. I'm going to make things better for you. How many times does Tina Turner sit there and take the abuse from Ike Turner? Before she decides, you know what? I I'm sick of this. I want a divorce, Ike. I want to get the hell out of here. You abuse me. You take advantage of me every chance you get. What's love got to do with it, people? The bottom line is TNA promises all the time that they're going to make this better. They've got these big announcements. But they always fail to deliver. So that's my analogy. TNA. The Ike Turner of professional wrestling. Us, the wrestling fans, everybody in the world that watches that product, we are Tina Turner because we've been abused. We've been taken advantage of. We keep trying to give Ike another chance. And he just keeps letting us down, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, but by the same token, if you're that person, then you're like every hot chick that dates some fucking scuzz bucket that beats on her all the time. If you're dumb enough to stay around and get slapped, then you're dumb a good time and you don't like it, then by all means, pack your shit and get out. Wow. Nobody's telling you, nobody's telling you, you have to stay at home and continue to get beat up by your fucking boyfriend or husband. If you're dumb enough to do that, then that's your fault. Nobody else's. Well, as a wrestling fan, I try to catch all the product. I try to watch every wrestling show. I try to give TNA a chance, just like Tina. She tried to give Ike chance after chance after chance. Sometimes you just have to pack up the grocery getter, scoop up the youngins, and get the fuck out. Well, Nobody's making you stay. Nobody's got a gun to your head telling you you can't leave. And if they do, the motherfucker has to fall asleep sometime. If you don't like it, you don't have to watch it. You don't have to put up with it. And you say that TNA gets nothing out of this. Again, it's the headline on every wrestling website. Everybody writing a column, good or bad, is writing about this. It's getting more coverage on wrestling radio than any TNA pay-per-view has done in months to years. For the wrong reasons, Trey. For the so wrong as reasons. Long, but as long as the name TNA is out there, they're getting publicity. I'm not saying that I can't wait to see this show because I, I could care less. I wasn't a fan of ECW. I didn't watch ECW. I caught it when I could. It just happened to fall on a night that I worked. It's like Ring of Honor. You want to reach me, try harder. I, I just, I'm not going to go looking for you. You know? So I could care less about one night. One night doesn't bother me. If this turns into, you know, an ongoing storyline 
where they do this for months and months and months, then yeah, you'll hear my frustrations. I'm the first one to bitch at TNA when I'm when I'm upset about something they've done. But in the grand scheme of things, everybody bitches and bitches and bitches about Vince McMahon when he's the only product in town. TNA gets on television and all people can do is bitch. You know, it it, it it's just it blows me away. You know, it's like being able to test drive the car, but never being able to say you actually own it and you have to take it back at the end of every day. That's no way to live. Well, you know what? We're obviously going to agree to disagree on this one. I just don't see what bringing ECW into TNA has any bearing on helping them out at all. It's something to pop a rating. It's Dixie Carter throwing shit at the wall and seeing what's going to stick. You know, it seems to me like Hogan and Bischoff are out the door. 8,000 buys? Yeah, fuck this, Eric. We're getting out of here. Uh, you know, I, I just, I don't get it. I, I really don't. And I know you're, an, you're, a, excuse me, you're a TNA homer. You've been that way for a long time, and I've tried to support the product. But like I said, man, I, I feel a lot like I've been abused here with TNA, and I'm on the fence. I'm ready to just pack up and go home as far as TNA is, is concerned. I'm just, I'm tired of the hype. I'm tired of Dixie crying wolf every chance she gets. Oh, follow me on Twitter. I've got a huge announcement that's going to change well, the face of where, professional wrestling. Where was, where was all this? Where was all this when Vince brought back ECW for one night stand? One night stand was he fine. Was, he was he was bringing back a he was bringing back a dead federation. He was, but he also owned the fucking rights, Trey. But you don't own people. No, you don't own so people. So you're trying to say that because you worked on one radio show that I shouldn't hire you ever to work on another one? That's not what I'm saying. Because, when you're, well, these guys got to feed their family. So because they work in a company that was owned by Vince McMahon, they can't work anywhere else and be given recognition of their of their you know hard work. Again, you're you're missing my point here. You are absolutely missing the point. No, he doesn't own people, but he owns the trademark. He owns the name, and that's a big deal in this business. And don't be surprised, ladies and gentlemen, if uh, August 8th rolls around and about an hour before showtime, they get a cease and desist letter from Vince McMahon saying, you're not going to use my shit on television. You're not going to keep referencing ECW, a likeness that I own, a trademark that I own. Don't be surprised, ladies and gentlemen, well, if this I, pay-per-view I be doesn't happen. If that happens before the pay-per-view. I, I agree with you on the fact I can't believe that they've gotten away with saying ECW so many times. But, you know, they can still have their pay-per-view with all these people and call it whatever the fuck they want as long as they don't call it ECW. Well, and, and then here's the other part of it. The best they can come up with is Riot Makers. These are the name of the guys that were ECW stars. The best you can come no, up with. Not anymore. What's it been changed to now? EV 2.0. Oh, really? Because I was thinking when they were talking about these guys, why not call them hardcore originals? Because, hey, that's not trademarked. No. I don't know, man. I just, I just don't see what this does for TNA. It's like, fuck the guys that work their ass off, go out there and put on, you know, despite the fact they're not getting good pay-per-view buy rates. You cannot say that the guys that work in this company, Beer Money, the Motor City Machine Guns, AJ Styles, Elijah Burke, Kurt Angle, these guys bust their ass when they go out there and do their job in the ring. But you're going you're gonna to tell them, fuck it, guys, we're shelving you for a month, we're going to push hard for September, and we're going to let these guys have one more time, one last stand. 
Well, you know, they are probably, since they are professional wrestlers, there's probably a soft spot in a lot of them's heart for these ECW originals and these guys that were in the business before them. And you know what? If they want to come back and have one more, like if, if my, you know, the guys that retired from my St. Louis Cardinals want to come back and have one more game, I don't mind having one more game. Don't think you're going to play all week, but I don't mind having one more game. Yeah, Especially if I don't have to fly and change my schedule and come into Orlando for one weekend and I'm not getting paid very well for it anyway, why not? Yeah, Lord knows I would love to uh, to, to miss out on a payday for a pay-per-view. Lord knows I would I would love to kiss that $500 goodbye so you could give it to Tommy Dreamer or somebody else that doesn't work for the company. For, or one, maybe, night, dude, for one night, I wouldn't have a problem with it. It's taking money from my family. Yeah. I mean... Who's to say that she hasn't worked out a deal with these guys to pay them as, as stupid as they are with money? Who's to say they're not getting paid to sit at home and watch the ECW pay-per-view? No, like I said, you and I are going to obviously... I mean, this, this, check, this check isn't coming out of your checkbook or mine, so who are we to give a shit about money anyway? No, I, you're missing the point. I know it's not coming out of my... Never mind, man. You're you're not getting what I'm saying. It's not obviously. Well, I'm not the one. I understand exactly what you're saying. Why would why would beer money want to give up working a pay per view for a bunch of old fart has-beens when they should use the money to feed their family? Is that not what you're saying? Yeah, pretty much. Julian sums it up too. Okay. Yeah, let's do an so, ECW reunion. I mean, my my biggest question is when it comes to that, it's not. Our money, it's not us writing the checks. Why do we give a shit about what they do with their money? I don't give a shit what they and, do with their money, Trey. And, and like I said, she's done so many other fucking stupid things with money. Who's to say that she's not paying them to sit at home for one night to watch the ECW pay-per-view? Well, I hope that they do. I really do. I hope that she's writing these guys' checks to sit around and let ECW go and fucking have one last show. Because it makes I mean, all dick all sense. It's not like it's going to hurt their buy rate. I mean, they, if, they're, if they're drawing 8,000 to 10,000 pay-per-view buys a, a, a show, what's it going to hurt? You're, you're telling me how it's not going to help. What's it going to hurt? I mean, they're not making money on pay-per-view anyway. I guess, man. I, you know, you're I right. Mean, that'd, be like, that'd be like us saying, you know, Wrestling News Live, God forbid this never happens, <laughs> but Wrestling News Live consistently every Monday has five listeners. You know, what's it going to hurt to let somebody like Crowley come in and host the show? It's not. You know, I'm sitting here reading the chat room, and Mace is talking about enjoy a fucking show and not bitch about it all the time. Motherfucker, I put my money down every goddamn month for TNA. And motherfucker, I dare you to go back and listen to the archives of any fucking show I've done on Sunday Night Showdown, and you tell me the last time I disparaged TNA. You tell me the last time I fucking said that they were shitty. I just don't see the point in this. No, he saves that for Mondays. <laughs> anyway, I'm I done. Understand your, I understand your point that here's a company who is not knocking it out of the park on a consistent basis to begin with, and now, of all things, they're turning to a dead company that's been gone for 10 years to have another one-night stand. I understand that. I understand where you're coming from. But by the same token... What's it going to hurt? It's not like Monday Night Raw drawing a 3.0 million television base and then one Monday night completely changing to a cooking show. You know, cooking with your favorite wrestler. 
hang, hang on a second, Trey. Julian in the chat has summed this up in perfect. How will a failed company save a failed company? Bravo, Julian. Bravo. Well, I mean, but by the same token, that goes right with what I'm saying. How's it going to hurt it? If you're the Titanic and you're taking, you know, at that point, what's it going to hurt if you turn on a couple faucets? I guess just run your a water bill. A, a, a little bit more water is not going to do you any worse or any better. Well, like I said, Trey, you and I are just going to disagree to to. We're, we're going to agree to disagree on this one. I I just I don't see the need for well, having I, an I ECW. Don't, show. I don't, I don't really know don't. that we agree to disagree on this one. I mean, this is I I, I could care less. Uh, I I could care less about the ECW reunion. This does nothing for me. I, I could care less. I'm not going to watch it. I may listen to your coverage of it. I, I could care less. But I mean. I'm not, I guess because I, it's weird for me because I don't care about this pay-per-view. Even though it's a company that I'm passionate about, I don't care. It's one night. I'm not going to sell my house and go live under a bridge because TNA is having an ECW hardcore pay-per-view with older wrestlers. You know, it's not, I'm not going to sell my all-star ticket to the Major League Baseball all-star festivities because they have a Hall of Fame game that plays before it. I'm just not going to go to that. I'm going to go to the, work to the actual all-star game. Yeah. You know, I, I, I'm not saying that you don't have a valid point. I'm just saying in the grand scheme of things, when I go to bed tonight, I'm going to have no problem sleeping because TNA is doing an ECW fucking pay-per-view. Do you see what I'm saying? No, I, I do now, see what you're saying. If 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 the following Thursday we start implementing TNA wrestlers into this storyline and, and and adding the ECW guys, depending on the guys they use, because there are some ECW guys that I think, like you, should be employed by this company. You know, I think Mick Foley does a great job as an ambassador of this company. You know. Some of them I'm not going to throw a fit about. But if this becomes an ongoing thing, then they will feel my wrath. You know? But that's like saying, you know, what would happen if on Monday Night Raw, AJ Styles, Samoa Joe, and Beer Money come walking to the ring? I'm not going to turn off Raw because they're TNA guys and they don't belong. That's a different... I'm going to go, holy shit, what are they doing here? That's a different scenario, Trey, altogether. Okay. Uh, what's the difference in Raw parading out has-beens every time they get the chance? People still watch. I'm going to turn my television because five guys that haven't wrestled in 10 years are on there. Now it's Doink the Clown. That's different. Well, now, hold on a second, Trey. Uh, I'm getting a confirmation from uh, someone in the chat, Tony O, saying that Bischoff has announced that the night after or the impact following the pay-per-view will have an ECW theme as well. So we're going to continue on with this. It's not going to be one last stand. This is what they're trying to implement to save this company, is to bring in ECW. I mean, they, they want Paul I Heyman disagree. so bad. I disagree. And if, 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 if that proves to be the case, I'll be the first one to come on here and apologize and say, wow, I, I, you know, I can't believe they're doing this, but I don't see them using this as a way to save the company. Paul Heyman himself, yes. 
but the ECW invasion storyline, no. I got two words for you, people. Legal injunction. Watch for it. A couple weeks from now, August 8th, legal injunction. And either way, if that does happen, it's no skin off either one of our backs. No, I'm going to laugh. So I don't know why that's such a big deal. It, it, Trey, I could care less, dude. I'm just trying to bring up a salient point that there's no reason TNA should be bringing back ECW after it's closed its doors all these years and just because Tommy Dreamer wants to go out and have one last shebang and bring okay, in guys. And I'm, a, and I'm of the opinion as long as they're doing it for one night, don't lose sleep over it. Well, like I said, we're just going to disagree on this. I mean, that's fine. I mean, if it continues to be an every week thing, then yeah. But, you know, if it's going to be a, a one-night thing, then so be it. Well, I guess I'm we'll... one of those people that could care less about the pay-per-view to begin with. Well, there you go. I'm just saying I don't think that bringing ECW in is going to save this company. I'm sorry. I just, I just don't. No offense to those guys. I respect them all. Like I said, I love ECW. I did. Big fucking homer for him, man. I have that last show that I attended on DVD, a bootleg DVD that uh, someone sent to me. And those are fond memories for me. Watching ECW uh, back if, in the if day if is fun. If were to turn to the WCW has-beens as a way to say, well, wait a minute. Never mind. No, no, no. You no, know no. what? That is a perfect idea, Trey. If this doesn't work, fuck it. Let's do let's do a WCW one-night stand. Or, hey, better yet, better than that, fuck it. Let's throw it out the window and, by God, call fucking Greg Gagne on the phone and fucking do... I mean, Von Roski's still alive. I w- Larry I w- the Axe Henning is still around. I would care less. I was I was basically just making a joke. The WCW has been they're already there. Well, I mean, come on, Dixie Carter's going to keep throwing shit at the fucking wall. Well, if this doesn't work, maybe the AWA will. If this doesn't work, maybe WCW will. Oh wait, we've been doing WCW for ten years now. And you know what, then maybe she'll just go the fuck out of business, and we won't have to cover TNA ever again, and you'll be happy. You're but missing you the fucking then, point, dude. We have to, dude. I don't want to see this company go under. I want to see it get better. In no way do I want to see TNA fold and go away. I just don't understand. I I I, I, I enjoy your passion. Maverick, and I fuck appreciate off. your passion, but I just don't understand why this one night means the fucking be all end all of the TNA universe and the world. I don't understand. Then you don't get my fucking point. I I, I mean, this is a company that we we come on here every week. And I'm bombarded with people in the chat room and, you know, whoever else that wants to trash TNA, we get it every week. Why is this such a stretch of, you know, reality that they could do something stupid? Again, I, I guess my point's just not coming through. That's fine. I'm done. No, I get your I'm point. Done. I get your point. You are, you are wondering why a company who's not doing well on its own would rely on an even worse company that never made it as far as this company, why they would turn to a dead company that's been gone for 10 years and bring in their wrestlers that haven't done anything in five to 10 years and, and, and have a pay-per-view. Is that not your point? Is that not what you're curious about? Why you want to know why they're doing this? Well, I keep getting shit in the chat room. Everybody wants to know why I'm making a big fucking deal about it. I'm trying to fucking figure out, people, why the fuck ECW is having a fucking one last stand show at a goddamn TNA pay-per-view. 
what the fuck do you people not understand? Well, because they got an owner on board that doesn't know anything about wrestling and convinced her it was a good idea. I guarantee you if those guys went to Hogan and Bischoff or if those guys went to Jeff Jarrett when he was really controlling the company, we wouldn't be seeing this. But Dixie is trying to make everybody happy and her Facebook page and her Twitter page, you know, it's like a highway. You can go one way and you can also come back. So every time she spits shit out, people reply to what she's saying. Go over and get you a read of what people have been saying. You'll be shocked that a majority of the people that reply to her shit are, are happy about this ECW thing. And so ever since she started talking about it, whoever these ECW fans that are still out there are, are leading her to believe this is a good idea, and she's not smart enough to see that it's a 10-year company that died for a reason when it died. Like I said, but man. If Dixie, Carter, if Dixie Carter wants to call a pay-per-view, you know, me and a pickle, and stand in the ring talking to a pickle for three hours, it's her fucking company. She can do it. It may be a bad idea. Doesn't mean I have to watch it or agree with it. But as long as she doesn't come out on Thursday Night Impact with that pickle, I'm not going to care. See, I see what you're getting at, Trey. Nobody is putting a gun to my head and fucking making me watch this fucking pay-per-view. My point is... I, mean, I agree. WWE One Night Stand, the first one, should have been the One Night Stand. Not another One Night Stand that they tried again later. To me... I think, I think it should be dead and gone, and they should concern themselves with TNA business, just like when they left Thursdays and went to Mondays, and I said... Why would you do that when you can't even grow grass on your side of the fence and you're still mowing dirt? Why would you concern yourself with how green the grass is on somebody else's yard? But they did it anyway, and they failed. Like I said, man, I just I don't see the point in it. I, I see that Dixie Carter, I don't necessarily think it's that she's reaching out to the wrestling fans and giving them what they wanted because... Lord knows I didn't want her to fucking jump ship to Monday night and then jump ship back a month later after they got their ass kicked in the fucking ratings. Now, see, that that move right there was a Hogan and Bischoff move. That wasn't for the fans. This ECW shit is a move for the fans. I'm telling you. She thinks that's what the people want to see. You're absolutely right. Uh, she does think it's what the people want to see because she made it clear in her fucking promo, not her being real time, she made it clear that ECW was to the 90s what Hogan was to the 80s. Again, she is throwing something at the wall to see if it's going to stick, to see if it's going to help her in the long run. All she's doing here is letting these guys have one last moment of glory, which is fine. But why are we doing it at a TNA pay-per-view? Why not let them do something else? That's my point right there. I, I, I agree with you that if, if, if I'm Dixie Carter and they come to me with this idea, if I'm truly doing it for the fans and I'm truly doing this as a respectful homage to what 90s wrestling was, like I'm a big fan of 90s you know, alternative music. You don't hear a lot of it anymore, not the good stuff, but I'm still a fan. 
But if these guys come to me and I want to pay homage out of respect to the doors that they did, in fact, open in the business and the stamp that they left on this business, if I want to acknowledge the ECW lineage in, in wrestling time with my resources, if I, and again, this is if I'm Dixie Carter, then I help them set up a secondary pay-per-view that doesn't affect my pay-per-views and doesn't affect my TV time. If I want to bring these guys out on my television show and say, oh, by the way, just in case you didn't know, ECW is having an, a, a reunion and they're going to have it on pay-per-view and I'm going to help them. You can buy that pay-per-view the week after Hard Justice. You know what I'm saying? If I've got her resources, JJ, and you're Tommy Dreamer, and you come to me and say, hey, uh, Trey, I've got this idea of bringing back ECW and doing it our way without Vince McMahon and the WWE stink on it. Can you help us out? Can you put us on TNA television and work out a pay-per-view where it's just our people? I'm going to say, Tommy, I would love to. Or JJ, I would love to. But to be honest with you, we're fighting tooth and nail to stay alive every week as it is. And I really don't know that that would make a whole lot of sense from a storyline-wise and a profession-wise to bring you guys in and intermingle you with our talent. But I tell you what I can do. I can put you in touch and recommend and give you my stamp of approval and get you set up with a one-night pay-per-view deal the Sunday after our hard justice pay-per-view. Is that enough to scratch that itch so that you guys can pull off what you want to do so that, therefore, it doesn't affect my talent, their paydays, my programming, and my storylines? Is that okay if I do that and help you do your own thing as a secondary outlet away from TNA? That is what should have probably been done. I agree with you. But at the same but time... how many times have we come on this show with a magic ink pen or where we would have done something different that made more sense than what Dixie and their booking crew did? No, <laughs> that's, that's a very good point, Trey. That happens so a lot. I don't understand with knowing how many times we've come on here and said, why in the hell did they do that when they should have done this? This is such a big shock and a big deal. Well, if TNA is another way in the grand scheme of things that she's done something stupid and this company is getting the black eye from it. Well, exactly. And that's been happening for quite a few years now. That's the problem with TNA in a nutshell. But again, we, so we continue. I, again, I, I, I guess now you can say that I thoroughly understand your point. But again, in the grand scheme of things. It's just one night, and as long as it doesn't become an every-week thing, I'm not going to throw a fit about it. When they start eating up my Thursdays with this ECW rehash bullshit, then you'll hear me. No, I hear you, man. I, I hear what you're saying. I've made my point. You know where I stand on this. I'm I mean, done. I agree with you that this is a stupid move. But 
by the same token, if you're only drawing eight thousand to ten thousand dollar buy rates, what do you care? I mean, seriously, put yourself in Dixie's shoes for a minute, and 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 I I come into your office and I say, JJ, I got bad news. Our pay-per-view buy rates are horrible. Nobody's watching what we're putting out on pay-per-view. We're literally drawing as low as $8,000 in buy rates on pay-per-view worldwide. It's pretty bad, man. That, that's pretty fucking I mean, bad. I mean, if you know that, if you knew that, and you're J.J. Carter, owner of TNA Wrestling, you're a lot more likely to greenlight this TNA ECW bullshit than you would be if you were doing... Forty thousand and fifty thousand dollar buy rates every month. Then you would say, "Well, shit, I, 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 I can't, I can't foresee any reason to put TNA in a position where ECW could come in and literally hurt our buy rates because we're on a roll right now." But the flip side of that coin is, goddamn, nobody's watching anyway. There's a classic line from the movie Major League. Harry Doyle, the commentator, who's Bob Euchre, WWE Hall of Fame member, says, and the Indians drop a heartbreaker to the Yankees. The Indians with one hit. One goddamn hit. And the guy says, you can't say goddamn on the air. And he says, ah, who gives a shit? Nobody's listening anyway. Well, if nobody's watching, what's it going to hurt to try something different? No, I, I hear what you're saying, but you brought up if I was J.J. Carter. Well, if I was J.J. Carter, you'd only have to look at the E-Fed to see that I know how to fucking book a wrestling company. True, true. I'll give you that. I'm not questioning your booking powers. I'm just saying, if things were the way they are right now, and you were doing the things that she was doing, you know, you, you, you complain about her throwing shit at the wall to see what's going to stick. Well... JJ, if I asked you to come over and become a chemical engineer at my new company, but I'm going to pay you $4 million a year, and because you're my friend, I'm not going to question whether you know what you're doing or not. I'm just going to appoint you as a chemical engineer. Well, if to keep that $4 million a year, wouldn't you throw a lot of shit at the wall to see if it would stick? I guess I'd be forced to. She's forced to. She doesn't know what she's doing. She's not a wrestling mother. She's not a person that, you know, can get herself out of the position she's in. That's why she's hiring people like a Jeff Jarrett, like a Hulk Hogan, like a Eric Bischoff, like a Vince Russo, to be a panel of people that she feels knows enough about this business inside and out that, by God, if anybody can fix it, they can, and they can't because she's buried them too much already. Yeah, I guess. I, I'm, and that's my point. I'm apparently getting heat in the chat for making the comment that I can book wrestling better than Dixie Carter because I'm talking about a video game. Wow. What the fuck, people? See, now the chat room is taking their side of what they hear way too literally. You know what? I'm done Relax with this argument. everybody. It's wrestling radio. I don't give a shit if you agree with me or if you don't fucking agree with me. I'm putting my opinion out there. Deal with it. That's the way it is. I guarantee you, I don't care who's listening. 
I know for a fact JJ and I combined could, could book that show a whole lot better than it's been. Guarantee it. I don't even have. I don't even second guess myself. And speaking of the eFed, I just finished uploading the last one, so the newest episode is now available for you to watch on the YouTube page. Yeah, this is a good one. You guys make sure you check it out. The eFed is definitely heating up. And then let me know <laughs> if I can book something or not, please. Because I would love to hear how bad I suck at fucking booking. Well, and and, and somebody had mentioned Bischoff earlier. I think it might have been you, J.J., that mentioned uh, Bischoff and Hogan not being around. They're actually still there. Hogan is just healing from his back surgery, but Bischoff is still around. Actually, Hogan is on fucking tour with Honky Tonk Man and Greg Valentine on this Hogan and Friends tour. That I actually have, I, I have audio from this that I will play when we're done with this fucking godforsaking fucking TNA argument. I'm done with the TNA argument. I made my points. I'm, I'm good to go. No, well, I made mine. Whether you saw them or not, I made them. Oh, I think I solved everybody's problems or answered everybody's questions anyway. So let's move on. Again, I'm kind of done with this. I feel like we've, you know, pretty much milked it for all we can get out of it. So, well, I mean, that's the thing. It's, 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 it's the hottest topic in wrestling right now, and it shouldn't be. True that. It, it shouldn't be. But it is. Because, again, a lot of people are like, why the fuck is this happening? But, again, I'm not going to reiterate. I'm done with this argument. All right, let's take a commercial break. Well, hold on a second. Let me see if I have something queued up for that. I don't, actually. I don't have anything queued up for a commercial break. Let's, let's just go through and play these clips that I have lined out for us. Oh, okay. I want to hear this, yeah. We're going to start off, before the Hogan clip, we're going to start off with the macho man Randy Savage. Yeah, dig it. For those of you that didn't hear about it, uh, of course, you know that the WWE entered into a partnership with Mattel for their uh, for their figures, and they do have a classic line that's going to launch next year in 2011 called Defining Moments. And here in its entirety is the audio uh, from the press conference they had a surprise video, and ladies and gentlemen, here that is. No, that's not it. I was going to start porno dancing there for a second. <laughs> <laughs> you might want to. That, that might actually work. <laughs> All right, in its entirety, here it is, people. Finding moments. We're really, really proud to introduce to you the first character, and in fact, it's so special that we're going to play a little message for you. Yeah. <laughs> Get out the quality, uh-huh. And look at this 
right now. He exactly looks like me. Not now, but still. <laughs> yes, it is. It's not the beginning of the end or the end of the beginning. Because right now, me and Mattel, we're doing something unbelievable special. Yeah, read between the lines. We're making more Macho Man Randy Savage figures from different eras from my career. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's a secret. That's not a secret. No, it isn't, is it? Okay. Here's the deal now. Here's what's going to happen. Personal guarantee from the Macho Man. Everybody get in. Everybody get enthusiastic. It's 2011 will be the Macho Man's year. Totally. All the way. Oh, yeah. Dead. Tough guy. <laughs> and, of course, that was the Macho Man Randy Savage. Big surprise at Comic-Con, uh, you know, given the fact that Randy Savage hasn't, oh, yeah. had, hasn't had any dealings with uh, the WWE in quite a while. Of course, uh, went through Mattel, I guess, signed a Legends uh, contract with them and has a wonderfully done articulated figure for this defining moments. Those of you who probably have seen the video know it is, in fact, the uh, the outfit he wore at WrestleMania 7, one of my favorite matches of all time, uh, in the retirement match against the Ultimate Warrior when he was the Macho King Randy Savage. Uh, it's got tassels on the jacket that extend all the way down. And the really the funniest part of that video is watching him say, it looks just like me. Well, not now, then. That, that's probably the best fucking line. And, and Savage, you know what? He's been out of the game for quite a while. He still cuts a damn good promo. I, I'd say that promo was better than half the promos we hear on, on national TV, whether it's TNA, the WWE, or anywhere. I mean, Savage is still the man when it comes to cutting a promo. Well, they're about to kick me out of the casino, so we better go to a break. <laughs> oh, no shit, huh? Yeah, they close at one. Oh yeah, I guess it is getting kind of late. All right, yeah. I tell you what, let me let me find something to kind of uh, send us out to, and then uh, we'll come back and kind of cover this other little audio bit that I've got. Very short, short break. So we'll be right back with more wrestling news live right here on the SNS Radio Network. Hey guys, Maverick here, the official voice of Rival Forge Wrestling. And you're listening to the innovator of wrestling radio that's made for the fans by the fans. Wrestling News Live right here on the SNS Radio Network, the island of Misfit Radio. Insecure, what's up? I really don't think that 
said I'm good enough to be rhyming on this track Cause my lyrics suck, all my verses fall flat like a hockey puck It took me seven months to write the first part of my verse And now I got nothing left, so I'll pretend that I got hurt Ow! I think I sprained my ankle You guys go ahead and finish the song without me Yo MC Amnesia up in this bitch Woke up five days ago, lying in the ditch Didn't know who I was, I couldn't remember shit Apparently something happened that was traumatic Nation, what what? I take a fucking piss on the fucking sidewalk. Anytime, any place, I just whip out my cock and empty my bladder while you motherfuckers watch. You other MCs can't handle this shit. You're just a little bitch afraid to pee in public. You run into a toilet every time you have to piss. Yo, fuck that shit. I just whip out my dick. Yo, MC fatigue. Yeah, that's me. Every time I grab the mic, I fucking fall asleep. That is not cool. No, it's ironic. No, no, it's not ironic. I don't think you understand. Dude, could you stop peeing while I'm talking? And what the fuck is that? Did someone shit their pants? Yep. This is Jeff Jarrett, the king of the mountain. And I'm on planet Jarrett right now, listening to Wrestling News Live. This is song. 
Yo, Jimmy, hit me with that triple H. This is Flair 16 Tom. Welcome back to Wrestling News Live with your host, JJ Sexy and the Trade Dog. All right, guys, we're back right here, Wrestling News Live. Myself, Mr. Money on the mic, the Trade Dog. telling you man I, I i don't know what the fuck is in the air tonight again you just wore yourself out of that last segment man you put it all out there on the line wore yourself out yeah it's i guess a man I, marathon, I, not a sprint. Yeah, i'm just i'm in a fucking mood man i'm fucking sick of all the bullshit in the fucking chat you know I, i'm sick of motherfuckers sitting there bitching about it. i'm not taking fucking phone calls well when you fucking have your own goddamn show and you fucking run it the way you want to fucking do it let me fucking know I will open the goddamn phone lines when I feel like opening the goddamn phone lines. It's a fucking privilege around here. It's not something I have to fucking do. Wouldn't you agree with that, Trey? Yeah, I mean, we we generally take calls in the last segment, so I don't know why everybody's got their panties in the wad. Anyway, moving on. As I said, we heard the Macho Man clip. Well, in this next clip, we have Hulk Hogan and Friends. That's right, Hulk Hogan, the honky-tonk man, Greg Valentine, kind of making the rounds, Coco Beware. They're doing that. This was... I, uh, I was under the impression that Honky didn't like Hogan. Brother, Honky will do anything for a paycheck. Well, yeah, that's true, too. But, you know, in interviews I've heard him do in the past, he's always been very anti-Hogan. Well, he's always been anti-everybody. His fucking cousin is Jerry Lawler, and he fucking hates him, too. I mean, I've met Honky Tonk Man. I've worked a couple shows with him. He was great the first time I worked with him. The second time when he was fucking drunk, that was an adventure, let me tell you. Oh, I bet. But moving well, on. I'm dying, to hear this. I'm dying to hear this clip. Oh, you got to. This is a clip based upon uh, someone asked the question, why, in fact, does Hulk Hogan and Randy Savage have issues with each other? And this is Hulk Hogan's explanation as to why that is the case. So here in its entirety, ladies and gentlemen, Hogan and Friends from July 18th, exclusively right here on Wrestling News Live. Brother, it's, I mean, there's three sides to every story. My side, Randy's, I pretty much treat everybody the same. You know, Randy was my boy, man. We were friends, and, and I think the whole thing went crazy when Liz was shot around. Because we were hanging out all the time. I was trying to teach Randy how to ride a Harley. He was living down on the beach, and him and Liz got a boat, and we were, he was hanging out with my wife. And the next thing I know, I was getting ready to go to Miami to shoot a movie called Mr. Nanny. And Macho's, Macho's, Macho's boat was tied up outside my house, and him and Liz were leaving. I said, hey, brother, I know you're heading on the road. And I said, Liz, one of the kids were all going down to uh, Miami to shoot this movie. And, you know, we got a couple of, you know, different rooms all put together for the kids. I thought maybe Liz could come down and help Linda. So as I said goodbye to Mods, and they were leaving on the boat, I said, Liz, you know, I'll be working day and night, and Linda will be by herself if you want to come down. Well, Liz came down to Miami. And the next thing I know, no disrespect intended, brother, but 
the big rip was all the room service guys said, we don't know what room to take Liz's room service to. She changed rooms so much. Macho came down, yeah, where's Liz Hogan? I was in the shower because I was going to work at night, working like from six at night to six in the morning, filming Mr. Danny. And, I, and he was standing in the room on top of, standing over Linda, my ex-wife, yeah, where's Liz? I came out of the shower and I said, brother, you know, I just said, she's around back and I'm going to show you the room she's in. And 20 minutes before then, she was sitting out at the pool with her boyfriend, right? And they got up and just, I didn't know what to do. And I saw him leave the pool to go back to her room. I swear to you, as soon as I got my room, Mott showed up. So I took him, got the manager of the hotel, ran him around the back of the hotel. And I didn't know if the boyfriend was in there or he split. All I know is when the manager opened the, the, the door, Macho pushed open. He goes, what's up, Liz? And the door closed. And I ran, brother. I ran back to my hotel. <laughs> and all I know, about 20 minutes later, there must have been 40 police cars there. And then, bro, he said, I was the one that started. I was the one that got enforced. He blamed it all on me, bro. I was just trying to be cool. I didn't know she was going to run wild on him. I was just inviting her down to hang out with women and help the kids. But after that, bro, he snapped. You know, there was no, no fixing. Actually, I saw him a couple months ago, bro. I was going for another back surgery, and they say I had a bad EKG, so they sent me to a heart doctor. And I'm sitting there with my girl Jennifer, and sitting way down on one of those little, you know, they put you in a room with a table with a, with a paper on it that you sit on when you're a patient. But I was sitting in Charleston, the door kicked open, and I looked up, and there was Macho. Oh, and I haven't seen him for like 12 years. He was all swollen up, standing over me. He looked great. Looked like, like he mysteriously put on some weight or something, if you know what I'm saying. And he was, he was so nice. Hey, Hogan, what's happening? I'm freaked out. He's standing there. I haven't seen him. And my girl Jennifer doesn't have a clue who he is. goes, we're having a barbecue. You want to come over? He can't remember. No. But he just got married again. He married his high school sweetheart. But, you know, I don't know what happened with that, bro. He just flipped. And he just went off after that. And don't, don't take it like we're dissing Randy either. We're all, we all spent a lot of time with Randy. He's a great, no, he's a good guy. We love it. And we respected his father too, Angelo. We, all, we know him well, you know what I mean? All right. Damn, Wolfpack thing's still over, man. Yeah. Oh, they're trying to tell you something. So, and, and again, that's, uh, that's Hulk Hogan and friends. Uh, you had knobs and sags also on stage with him, and uh, he alluded to the wolf pack thing still being in. Obviously, uh, someone in the front row there gave him the wolf pack uh, hand gesture, and he went and did the wolf pack thing back to the guy. So, uh, yeah, apparently the wolf pack is still over in 2010. Did you know that, Trey? I, I wasn't aware. Well, uh, I wouldn't say they're still over, but, I, you know, that was the hottest thing WCW ever had that they shit on. They just screwed it all up. But then again, it's a wrestling storyline, so what hasn't been screwed up in wrestling? But, I mean, this is apparently the reason that Randy Savage and Hulk Hogan, and in his mind, are not friends to this day. And the story that I remember coming out was that Hogan had said something to Savage or said something disparaging to Angelo Poffo, Savage's father. That's the story making the rounds that Randy Savage, and I remember this from, uh, from my old days at Voice of Wrestling when we actually had Randy the Macho Man Savage back in... 2003 when he was promoting his rap album uh there was an interview that was conducted with savage and we got his uh version of the story and it's it's quite a bit different than what hogan is saying i i can't really see how hogan is responsible for liz 
running wild on the macho man. I, I, I you know, that's to me, that's ridiculous. We're probably never going to know the real story there, but uh, I, I seriously doubt that's the reason there's heat there. Yeah, that seems like an awfully shady thing to have heat over, or reason, still to this day. Well, you know, the Hulkster had to spin it his way, brother. Oh, yeah, nigga. Well, yeah, so that was uh, Hogan and Friends. And th- this was footage that was taken on July 18th. Uh, apparently, they're they're touring a few different places. I don't have that information in front of me, but, you know, it's kind of looking like the old WCW roster or even or even January from TNA, you know, minus the Coco Beware and Greg the Hammer Valentine. <laughs> I mean, who knows where it could go from here? Well, they're all going to end up in TNA wrestling eventually. Probably so. Probably so. So, you know, we talked about this earlier on. I just want to touch on it really quickly. You know, maybe I should start talking shit about Triple H and Shawn Michaels and see how far we go on that. Uh, but, you know, I'm not going to do that because I, I love both those guys. Um, here's the thing. I, I'm not certain as to what's going on between Vince McMahon and Shawn Michaels, the WWE. Uh, the fact that Shawn Michaels is gone, he obviously is doing stuff, you know, with this hunting and fishing TV show. Uh, him and his wife have shot a couple episodes of that. And you know what? Shawn Michaels did everything in his career that he wanted to do. Multiple-time world champion was a multiple-time tag team champion, multiple-time intercontinental champion. You name it, Shawn Michaels did it in professional wrestling. He has nothing to bring back to the table. He doesn't need to be an active performer. He doesn't need to be involved with the company. He's earned that right. He's young enough that he can go and retire and spend time with his two children that need their father. And I I just... And his hot-ass wife. Exactly. Whispered pretty damn hot still. So I, I, I just I mean, this is a guy who's actually going to get out of the business and still be able to walk. <laughs> Not going to hopefully, good Lord willing, read about Shawn Michaels dead to hotel room. No, no, absolutely not. I mean, I, Shawn Michaels doesn't do drugs. Shawn Michaels isn't uh, isn't in Mick Foley shape where he's taken all these crazy bumps in his career that he can't uh, he can't recover from. I mean, Mick is what he's in his forties and the guy can barely walk. Mhm. And if if Chris like Barry, Barry Sanders, man, he got out, you know, when he got out and he's, you know, forever going to be thought of as the guy that got out too early. You know, Half Mage in the chat is saying that part of the reason this is happening uh, or part of the rumored reason this is happening is because of Shawn Michaels being outspoken on the phone. He has every right to be upset with that because the way the WWE handled that situation was piss poor. They gave those guys no direction going into what they wanted to do. They told them, go out there, put the beat down on some people, and, you know, it's all good. They never said, oh, well, you can't go out there and choke the guy with his fucking tie. I mean, they admitted right. that. They didn't give them any direction. So how is that a Brian Danielson fuck-up when he's told to go out there and really sell this beating, and he does the best job he can, and he's fired from the company, legit, because he went out there and improv Nobody gave him any goddamn guidelines. No, and, you know, who's to say Shawn Michaels can't speak his mind? You know, he he doesn't have a, you know, can't say anything bad about the company clause. No, and here's, here's, the, here's the concept. He doesn't work for you anymore, Vince. He left the company. Exactly. You know, if you want to fucking exactly. pretend that you're God and, and fuck with people and, you know, whatever, I'm sure Shawn Michaels doesn't even want to come back at this point. 
And again, why does he need to? He doesn't need to. He will always be regarded as a legend in this business, whether you love Shawn Michaels or you hate him. You have to respect that. You know, and that's that's pretty much my soapbox with that. I mean, as far as any other news going on, I don't really have anything else in front of me. Uh, I did hear, and I want to thank Crelly from this. This is a slight TNA spoiler, but I'm not going to say any match results or anything, Trey. So, don't get all in a tizzy. We I got to run, man. So go ahead and spoil away. Well, here's the thing. Uh, you remember that championship they had, the Global Championship, that was originally the Legends Championship, right? It's got a new name, ladies and gentlemen. A new name? Yes, it's no longer the Global Championship. It is now the TNA Television Championship. Oh. Which is what this should have been from the get-go. And, of course, if you yeah, didn't... it should have been to start with. Yeah, exactly. And if, if you didn't know, AJ Styles is now the TNA Television Champion. So this is at least a positive move. I will give them credit on that. Right. I know people are freaking out in the I chat because I'm being positive here. Oh, God. <laughs> Heaven forbid. Heaven forbid I would say something nice about TNA, apparently. Oh, man. Oh, it's not always all bad, man. No, it's not. And, you know, it is what it is. And that's the way it is. I but, mean, we can come on here every week like everybody else and just dog everything. Or we can give you some positive spin on some good things when they're good and the bad when they're bad. That's true. And and we do. I think I think we kind of cater to that market. We uh, you know, do what we feel we need to do. We we cover things the way we want to cover it. The way that we see them. Right. We call a spade a spade, you know? Exactly. All right, well, the throw- It was interesting, brother. It was interesting. I'll say that. So that being said, I'll catch you guys next week right here on Wrestling News. I guess now we know what the song of the night's going to be, huh? Be a man, holster. That's right. Well, you know, we were talking about Macho. We may as well bring it up. May as well end, end things out with Be a Man right here on the program. So uh, on behalf of the Trade Dog, I'm JJ Sexay. This has been Wrestling News Live. Sorry no phone calls tonight. I will take extra phone calls tomorrow. Next week, we will have an open mic night. We will open the phone lines and take fucking phone calls all night so I don't have to listen to you guys bitch about it anymore. There you go. So I'm down with that. Making it happen for you motherfuckers. That's what we do here on Wrestling News Lives. Let's give let's give TNA and ECW another week to piss off more people so we can take even more angry phone calls. Absolutely. That's why we're for the fans by the fans, man. That's right. And hey, sometimes, man, you just got so much to talk about in a small amount of time that you just can't fit it all in. That's true, and I know we kind of went long on the whole ECW TNA thing, and, you know, obviously Trey and I are both passionate about things, but, uh, you know, we love you guys listening each and every week, and, you know, we do this show for you. We're not charging you guys anything, so, you know, enjoy it. I don't make anything off this. Fuck, I don't either. (laughs) I don't make anything off this network right now. So it's all for the fans, all for fun. Just step back and relax and enjoy it. Damn. And uh, but before we close out of here, guys, definitely go to the YouTube page. Check out the latest edition of the E-Fed. The Bash is coming up uh, probably this weekend. I'm going to have everything ready to go, and hopefully I'll have that by Sunday. We'll see what I can put together. But this is the final episode before the Bash pay-per-view, and some interesting things happen. Some major returns are in the works, and the ending is a shocker. So with that said, I'm JJ. He's Trey. JSK, get us out of here, man.
Cool. With that being said, thank you very much for listening to the show. Thanks for everybody uh, that participates in the forum boards, and thanks for everybody participating in the chat room. Until next week, peace, 420, kiss my ass. Good night, white people. I'm out. Come on.